the legwork. I conjure thee to speak to me. Speak as thou dost speak to the audience. Dost thou understand my English tongue? Answer me. What dost thou want? <gasps> what canst thou give? Wouldst thou like the seamless edit? A horror classic. Wouldst thou like to live seamless editly? Yes. Wouldst thou like to see a trilogy? <gasps> what will you from me? Dost thou see a Blu-ray steelbook before thee? Remove <gasps> thy shit. I cannot work the PlayStation. I will guide thy controller. And scene! Welcome everyone to Spookies for Win! The Season of the Witch! We've got we've got witch movies for you today. Witch movies, you might ask. Well, it's <laughs> witch movies, of course. <laughs> witch movies indeed. Oh boy. Movies for when it's the season of the witch. Wait, seriously, which movies are we covering? Which movies are they? Oh I man. know they're witch movies, but which movies are we covering? <laughs> oh my gosh. Our witch movies this week are going to be The Craft, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and of course, just The Witch. A lot of witches, but witch movies are... <laughs> Some more than others. <laughs> Despite what the titles may tell you. Oh, man. Do we have any more. banter, or do we want to just dive right into it? Um... Yeah, not really. We're we're watching a whole lot of horror stuff. We're watching a lot of other stuff. Denny, you and Vanessa watched something though. Yes, and they're yes, yes. People are going to hear about it on Wednesday. What's what's the deal? What happened? So you probably already know this, unless you're living under a rock and not checking the movies for win Facebook feed, sitting around watching Paramount Plus, having no friends and no drive and no goals in life, and wondering what the fuck is it all for? Well, I've got great news for you. You little fucker sitting around wasting your life just fucking mm. around i've got something mm. meaningful you can finally do um yeah we covered on patreon this week we covered tucker and dale versus evil which i think is going to be a real crowd pleaser um finally yeah i'd never seen it before man i'd never seen it so uh, neither had vanessa so we got two massive horror heads that missed a pretty uh cornerstone entry in the horror comedy genre so you can hear our reactions as first-time listeners who are very well versed on horror on patreon.com slash movies for win just three dollars a month cancel paramount plus and sub us because don't act like it's not a better use of your money we will give you more bang for your buck i swear to god I swear to God, you will not regret subbing the movies for Win Patreon. That's right. You heard it here. Definitely first. I'm drinking an uh, energy drink. Can you tell? <laughs> why? It's it's late. I'm depressed. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm drinking a beer. You'll soon be able to tell. All right. All right, let's get into our witch movies, shall we? Are we going right. to start... We're going to start with the least witchy of all the movies. <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which I'm was the audience selection. I'm glad you addressed it, because my first note was going to be, I was expecting more witches. <laughs> I was expecting witches. 
at all. End of thought. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a, a 1982 film that you can find on Peacock. Uh, mm-hmm. But you don't have to watch the first two Halloweens to uh, understand what's going on here. Uh, I... Denny, I kind of want you to summarize the plot here because I feel like you have maybe a little bit more historical context behind this movie that you can kind of offer as you go along. I so. don't. <laughs> no? I, I mean, I'll, I'll summarize it. Um, I know that um, John Carpenter didn't want to make sequels to Halloween. Um, it made a lot of money, so his studio did. Um, and this was kind of a compromise, uh, I guess, of like, hey... You don't have to, like, direct it or write it or anything. You just have to kind of be involved. And uh, it won't have Michael Myers in it. And we're just going to run this as an anthology franchise. <laughs> Boy, did that not work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more context than I had. So Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were here to shed some light on a very dark situation. <laughs> basically, there's this dude... Um, who is a goofy uncle type, but for some reason, every woman who talks to him just wants to fuck him. Um, he's a shit dad. That's never addressed. Yeah, Davis and I were joking the whole time that he's only going on this adventure to avoid spending time with his kids because that's what it <laughs> seems like in the movie. Um, but basically, there's this ad that keeps running for the Silver Shamrock Halloween mask. Boy, do they have an advertising budget. It's running constantly with a countdown of days until of days until Halloween. Um, man. Long story short, there is like this massive conspiracy involving part of Stonehenge to use witchcraft to get every kid in America to wear these masks and our creepy uncle shitty dad type goes to this factory and tries to stop it. Um, and, uh, he fails. It doesn't work. And, like, at least half the kids in America just die. That's Halloween 3 Seasons of the Witch, ladies and gentlemen. Greg, what's your relationship with this fine film? Uh, I had never seen this one. I hadn't, I just, like, I knew that there were sequels in the Halloween series. I didn't know a single thing about this one. Um, I assumed it was like Friday the 13th or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where there's just like, especially like the first few movies, there's kind of like a running theme, like some kind of tying thread, for example, the villain being in all the movies yeah, or the movies, you know, building on the story from survivors from the previous one. So I just assumed this was going to be like another one of those. And wow i didn't i went into this one pretty blind and i was still disappointed i don't know what i expected but i expected more than this yeah i was also pretty blind to it too um i thought i had seen it on tv as a child um turns out that was halloween four um i had never seen this movie I don't think I would have put it on the poll if I had. Uh, I definitely yeah. wouldn't have successfully influenced the vote to win. We could have been covering the fucking... We could have been doing Rosemary's Baby right now, Craig. We could have been doing Rosemary's Baby. Oh, man. We could have been doing almost anything else, really. I'm, that, that sucks. I'm sorry for us in the audience, but we're here to, you know, really give it our best shot here, so... Yeah. How did you feel about... 
when Dr. Carl Havoc is in the bar, I think that I think he looks exactly like a young Carl Havoc. Needless to I'm say, not, Carl's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna follow him around a Irish mask factory and see him, watch him as he kind of messes with people's day. Um, oh. Towards the beginning of the movie, he's at the bar and on the TV. There's like a trailer playing on the TV for Halloween, the first Halloween movie. Yeah. And I felt like I just got smacked in the face with a giant foam middle finger, like the jackass hand slapping thing that like, you know, the big, the giant hand that yeah. whacks you, but it's a, yeah. it's a middle finger and it's doing it to my mind. <laughs> That's how I felt. I think that, that was the moment I realized, oh, we're not going to get anything anything connecting to the series at all it's not even in the same universe right like that was my jumping off moment it's in a universe where halloween is a movie uh, not <laughs> so i was watching it with enemy of the show davis calc uh we didn't invite mm. front row joe and paramount plus because i can't handle all three of them at once trust me it's too much mm. Um, before it started, we kind of got a bet going of whether or not it would have the Halloween theme music in it. Um, and when, when that commercial played, I was like, well, that was the absolute least expected way for them to use the Halloween theme in this movie. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't think anyone could have called that. Right? It's, oh no, absolutely not. It's just like a little wink to the audience but again in the form of a middle finger so <laughs> i feel like it was like john carpenter preserving the integrity of his work being like please do not put this in the same canonical universe as my baby as my precious little laurie strode epic everything seemed to be done against his will and i did want to touch on the music at some point because you know that original halloween theme is just so iconic it's so yeah. simple effective it's fantastic the music in this movie is shrill obnoxious terrible it's so bad i hate it you know I like the, the original Carpenter's... theme is just yeah it's just like a few notes on the piano this is like up a few registers on a synth so it's like tingy and loud and abrasive it's shrill is the only way to describe it it's so annoying i think did john carpenter do the music for this i'm pretty sure he did oh i hope not because it's not good <laughs> I, I the music i i felt like i still enjoyed honestly um I, i'm looking it up right now but I, that was like one of the only things i remembered giving a shit about um, yeah, John Carpenter did it. Um, I don't know. If oh, I look like a fool. <laughs> no, dude, you're allowed to not like it. I just, I don't know. I love John Carpenter's uh, scores that he does. So that was like, for me, one of the only real redeeming things. But, uh, you know, he probably was mailing it in because uh, it was not long <laughs> until he until he made uh, They Live because he just felt the need to scream fuck capitalism from the rooftops because he got so <laughs> frustrated with the filmmaking industry. So. Hell yeah. We should watch that one soon. Um, oh my god, that would be a fun one to do, man. That would be really fun. There, I don't even know where to go next here. There's like 
when we go to whatever this town is, Little Ireland, <laughs> shit, shit just flies off the rail so much. It's just like <laughs> they get to the hotel and it's not exactly like a chill movie up to this point, you know, but it's like Dr. Havoc goes on a little jog to the office then he almost gets hit by a trailer with like a family and their bike and then almost gets hit by another woman also pulling them into the hotel it's just like every everything's happening everyone's there everybody's loud and everybody's driving it's very and this whole town apparently lives in that motel they keep meeting like people in the rooms next to them that are like residents of the town like what a fucking lazy way for them to meet people and get some information. <laughs> it's like it's a very pretty scenic area. There had to be houses somewhere here. <laughs> it's like an older downtown looking area like those don't just exist in a vacuum. There's houses around. Oh my for god. For people to live in. Not when uh, Carl Havoc runs a cabal that controls the police and literally everyone in the town and apparently is surveilling the place to the point that, like, he'll immediately kill a homeless guy for talking shit, but our uncle protagonist was still able to, like, climb a fence and break into his factory. <laughs> like, Jesus oh, that... Christ, the plot holes in this movie. <laughs> uncle protagonist is who I was calling Carl Havoc. He looks like a young oh, Carl Havoc. Cochran I thought you meant the, the, bad guy. the guy who's technically a witch is Carl Havoc. Is he a witch? Is that is that where the witch comes from? I think so. It was implied that he was using witchcraft, like ancient dark magic that is for some reason channeled through part of Stonehenge that they fucking stole without anyone noticing with this despicable me-ass plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure if this continued on into Halloween four, they would have like manufactured something out of chunks of the moon that they stole. Brother, I watched Halloween four, and you will not believe how stupid Michael Myers' mask looks in that movie. <laughs> I can't wait. This franchise took a fucking nosedive after two. <laughs> like a fucking nosedive. I'm watching all of them this October with Davis. It's. I was about to say, you know what's what's crazy is that it's still going to this day. <laughs> yeah, there's a new one coming out in a couple weeks. <laughs> in the, like, fourth timeline that's been introduced to the Halloween friend. Do you know how much they fucking retconned in this series? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Oh man, oh! I I wanted to say this was kind of at least it's the fun kind of bad. Yes, I had a blast but, watching it. But I was alone, so I wasn't having as much fun. Oh, I was having a rowdy screening with Davis. Like we were we were cracking wise and being the peanut gallery. It was not the kind of thing that <laughs> demanded a silent audience paying attention. I'm sorry you had to watch it by yourself. I mean, there was plenty of stuff for me to chuckle to myself about. Uh, I think it was in one of the opening scenes, there's like a tow truck that's like, you know, in the first scene, there's like a big storm and then a tow truck driving through the rain. Yeah. But the rain is about 10 feet by 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so like the shot opens, the truck kind of drives through and then it runs into that 10 by 10 patch of rain machine and then keeps going and it's completely dry for the rest of the shot as the truck moves along. <laughs> Very funny. 
I think yeah. it was a garden hose. There was so much, like, because this movie had a six million dollar budget, right? Davis and I looked it up. Uh, Holy which, shit! On the one hand, you know, like that's a pretty good budget, especially for like the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. But it is not a good budget for the scope of what they were trying to accomplish. Like you could tell that, like. When they get to like all the computers around the Stonehenge piece, they they're just fucking. They set up a circular laboratory with like metal shelves. Like it looked like they yeah. just like clearly wanted a whole separate location and set build for it, but they didn't have the fucking money for it. And then there was like, a, there was a lot of empty space there. <laughs> this fucking warehouse that they just put like four sets in, and. The mask factory is people making these masks by hand. <laughs> they couldn't get the fucking budget for, like, factory set pieces, so they have us watching people making what's gotta be billions of masks by hand. Because it's supposed... Like, the whole point, right? This very weak plot is we have to get every kid in america to put on this mask for halloween which means you know you've got five or six different options which means you've got to make more masks than there are kids and they're just doing it one at a time pulling it out of the mold and inspecting it hmm they might make 200 a day yeah. <laughs> that's being conservative like that's there's no way that they <laughs> making Jesus. enough masks for every child in america no it's impossible it's it's fucking silly man like or distributing them does that fucking small town ass place look like it's sending trucks like across the country <laughs> it has a loading dock that can fit three trucks on it so mm. <sighs> <sighs> nothing to sneeze at um this had uh, the worst kills of any horror movie I have ever seen. Uh, starting off... Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, a couple were fine. A couple I kind of liked, but yeah, please elaborate. Um, there's two that really stick out to me. One is the first kill of a movie where a car very, mm. very slowly um, bumps up against a man's shoulder and pushes him into another car, and he's apparently dead from that. Um, crushed to death yes the other one i remembered so well was just the fact that like you know we got to change things up you know the horror fans they're desensitized they're jaded they've seen it all they've seen heads ripped off but mm -hmm. have they ever seen a head slowly and gently pulled off because <laughs> that was a real trailblazer move in halloween 3 let me tell you <laughs> With the simplicity and ease of unscrewing the cap off of a Coke bottle. Just... <laughs> it's just like a slow lift. Like, here comes his head. <laughs> he was like... It was like he had to be gentle with the prop so they didn't damage it. It was like a loner head or something. <laughs> like... I like the little blood spray afterwards. Like, that, that shot looked pretty good, but <laughs> Eleven doesn't like it one bit. No, Eleven is not a fan of the blood spray. She thought it was hokey and trite and played out. Um, I got so many more notes. I just... Uh, 
Uh, what a fucking brain hurdy movie. <laughs> yeah, like I just watched this and I feel like I've just I don't have the mental capacity to even talk about it. Just like am I supposed to talking about am I supposed to talk about the pudding robots now? Like <laughs> With with Ernest, like, how am I supposed to have a real conversation about this movie? I watched this, like, five or six days ago, and I'm finding now that my brain stored very little of it because it was going to make me stupider, I think. So I had a survival instinct to erase a lot of this from my memory. <laughs> the fucking robots. I forgot about robots being in this fucking movie at all until right now. <laughs> That's what's frustrating is, like... Goop comes out of tapioca pudding is just <laughs> coursing through their cybernetic things um robots with a very damp circuit board like <laughs> <laughs> yeah these people are mostly just gears anyways um that's what's frustrating like it was conceptually it's a pretty cool thing you know you've got like this this small town with like this really mysteriously like just hardcore oversight speakers announcing a curfew at 6 p.m cameras all over the town like g-men in suits that are like here to enforce the curfew and make sure information doesn't get out and it just like it doesn't amount to anything like they just they they created something pretty interesting i'll say and then just do nothing with it it's just (laughs) they, they bored me with it I think that, like, this movie has the vibe of a short in an anthology. Like, if if this was 20 minutes long and one of three shorts in, like, Tales from the Dark Side or Creep Show or, like, an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and you cut it down to, like, 20 minutes. Because, like, all yeah. of those, like, you're willing to give them some leeway. Like, a lot of them are kind of low budget and a lot of them don't make a ton of sense. But they're neat, and they're only 20 minutes, so yeah. it doesn't really matter, right? It's just fun. This was like a fucking 90-minute Tales from the Crypt special that no one would watch. Um, yeah. And it ends with them just killing all the children in America off camera. That's that's why it feels like such an anthology kind of movie because usually those horror anthologies it's just like you get left with the bad ending, you know, like the yeah. bad guys win or like evil is not conquered or like everyone dies the world ends something like that and yeah that's what happens here but since you took 98 minutes to get there you wasted my time (laughs) not to mention 98 very stupid minutes like this is a stupid movie that's so dumb very stupid 98 stupid minutes (laughs) what a good way to describe the film um (laughs) that's my will reno one-line review uh, his one-line review was something along the lines of a real step back for cinema or something like that. <laughs> it was really funny. Man. Talk about your sloppy fucking movies, man. Um, this is this is a real shit show. And it, it just seems like... Uh, like, I had to check to see if the actor who played Carl Havoc, uh, drunk uncle, or creepy uncle guy... Um, I had to check to see if he wrote it because it was so like Neil Breen-esque the way that he was just like an unremarkable older guy 
but he was always right and he was always falsely persecuted and he was actually a hero and every mm-hmm. woman on earth wants to bang him like i've like i've never seen a movie that wasn't like laughably incompetent that had this thinly veiled of a writer insert and it was like dude whoever wrote this like go take your kids to the zoo because someone <laughs> someone in your life who is bothering you and making you write movies like this some one of those people is telling you the truth you're a bad father like be better at it stop taking it out on us the audience <laughs> we don't deserve this because like even when his kids hated the mask he got him this whole movie the point of it was that like he got the right mask and everyone else was wrong the children were wrong for not liking them <laughs> so fucking... <sighs> this movie just screamed men are the real victims to me <laughs> <laughs> holy shit so well stated fucking stupid what a shit movie greg this is like one of the most hilariously bad movies we've covered in a long time on the show man oh my god it's it's probably been since uh american psycho 2 colon all american girl yeah that we had something like this yeah um man it's just like it 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 would be a fun watch to watch with your friends just to point out all this silly stuff there's god bless you there's got to be a bunch of stuff that we missed that's just completely insane. Yeah. But how, how do how does microwaving the heads via television of youth across America turn their insides into snakes and crickets? <laughs> Riddle me that, science. And uh, then bugs crawl out of his mouth like a fucking schoolyard <laughs> story. <laughs> like, and then a rattlesnake comes out of his mask and bites the daddy on the ankle. <laughs> and, and then the room is filled with crickets, and the pumpkin on the TV is still flashing. Oh, I always assumed that somebody's everyone... nephew wrote this. <laughs> yes, I always assumed that uh, that everyone hated this movie because Michael Myers isn't in it, and it turns out it's just because it fucking that's... sucks. <laughs> that's the least of its problems. <laughs> Michael Myers could not have saved this fucking movie. Okay, people? he probably. He probably showed up and then turned around like, I don't want no part of this. <laughs> the stunt Not worth man it. that they had in the Michael mask was like, I have standards. I'm above this as an actor. <laughs> I'm taking my knife and I'm leaving today. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You want to gimmick up this last one? Man, sure. I'm, I'm just... Sure, brother. Last I got one, no more notes. Talking about? Let's just... <laughs> yeah, I'm all set here. Um... Well, Denny... The only thing I need you to do is introduce the people to the new gimmick of the week this week. The gimmick of the week is the spellbinding moment. Um, the moment where you were spellbound by something in the movie on theme with Season of the Witch. Greg, what is your spellbinding moment for Halloween 3? I have a runner-up here. Real quick, one of the chips falls out of the mask. A lady picks it up, starts fooling with it, and then like a laser shoots out of the shamrock disc and like melts her face, and like her lips are all peeled back, and like it looks pretty cool. I, I legit thought that was pretty awesome. But my uh, favorite spellbinding moment has to be when we're traveling, we're sneaking around the mask factory warehouse 
full of empty cardboard boxes. It's a cardboard factory, obviously. Um, empty box warehouse. And there's a like standing cart full of masks that are two protagonists. As if it was from a scene in a fucking Muppets movie. They like push the cart across the long, empty section of the room and hide behind the masks. They can't see us. Very fucking funny. Uh, that got me good. Truly spellbinding. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take the rest of them more seriously in the other movies. <laughs> there was not a lot to be spellbound by in this movie. I'm sorry, people. Uh, but, um, uh, I was going to go with the catchiness of the Silver Shamrock commercial. The happy, happy Halloween. Because Hall- I do So London that. Bridge is falling down, right? Yes. Um, okay. You know... Uh, you know beloved halloween song london bridges falling down that's um, the same melody i felt like it was a little too obvious though um i went with something that i did legitimately like about the movie that entranced me and spoke to my turn off the lights watch old commercials and pretend it's 1997 spirit um mm-hmm. which was the analog media opening credits um yeah i I like that a lot i was very into that it was a cool take on like the pumpkin intro that they do in the first two halloween movies um and i was sitting there being like okay this is gonna be cool this is gonna be a cool movie they're really teeing Mm. me up for something here um and uh i was dispelled of that illusion it was not a strong spell it was easily broken (laughs) very quickly but uh that was was... the high point of the film yeah yeah no i'm not joking (laughs) that was the part of the movie i liked best was slowly showing me a fucking damn light bright pumpkin (laughs) (laughs) well you put a list of names of people who made the movie over it I liked it too. It worked for me. I'm not hating on that. It's just, yeah. I wish I'd known what I had in the moment. <laughs> oh, Greg, what's your line? Favorite line? My favorite line for this movie. I have another runner up here. I won't waste too much of our time. Uh, the doctor with a man's name says, You don't just pull someone's skull apart without just a little lower arm strength. Know what I mean? no kidding (laughs) clearly but my favorite one is from the big bad cochran guy and he says you don't really know much about halloween neither do you neither did anybody (laughs) making this movie it's a very stonehenge centric holiday most people don't know that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when i think halloween i think of artifacts in britain so (laughs) In England, right? <laughs> Who pitched that to a studio? <laughs> oh my god. Um, Alright, what's your favorite line there, buddy? <laughs> my favorite line was um, you gotta know the context of, uh, of Davis and I making jokes the whole movie about what a horrible father this guy is and him finding any excuse <laughs> to not sucks. be around his children. It's so bad. Um, it's when he's talking to either his wife or his ex-wife on the phone, but he just goes, Linda, shut up, shut up, listen. And I was like, there's a good guy right there. It's <laughs> a good No, no, man. just, Linda, shut up, please. Linda. <laughs> uh. 
the real story of this movie is how much this man hates his family. Like, <laughs> he fucking hates them so fucking much, man. Such a bad father. <sighs> <sighs> we love it. All right, Danny, what's your uh, what's your old critic or score here for Halloween 3 colon season of The Witch? I gave it a 16 out of 50. It is not a compliment. This is one of the absolute <laughs> stupidest movies I have ever seen in my life. Craig, what did you what did you give it? Uh, initially I had it at a like there's been a few movies where I know maybe like 20 minutes left like okay, I think I'm going to give it this grade. And then I had it locked in at a 14, and then the movie just ended without any sort of resolution, and it pissed me <laughs> off, so I dropped it to a 10. <laughs> it was a 10 out of 40 for me. Damn. I, uh... Not good. I can't really fault you on it, man. I really can't. It was, uh... It was a movie worthy of a 10. And not a 10 out of 10. A 10 out out, of 10. Not out of 10, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, get it, don't get it confused, yeah. Hey, Greg... The beer you're drinking, is it a, is it a Budweiser or is it the craft brew? Mmm. This is a craft brew. Ah. It's called a seamless edit IPA, and I that bind we back, Greg, baby. from spilling beer on others and on yourself. I bind you, <laughs> Greg, from spilling beers on <laughs> others and on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's a good one, actually. That's going to be a single salad. Welcome back. We're here to talk about the craft. Woo! Hold on. Woo! There we go. Cheers to myself. All right, so The Craft, it is a 1996 film that you can watch, even though you don't have it. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. But, but for those of us that are... Paramount Plus? Where, where can the people really watch it? It's an Amazon video rental, yeah. so... For more than a, the cost of a month of Patreon subscriptions to Movies for Win, for just an extra dollar, you can watch The Craft as many times in 48 hours as you can. So, <laughs> Denny, <laughs> this was your pick. Yes. Would you like to summarize the yeah, sure. hit 90s witch movie, The Craft? Yeah, what's the name of the protagonist? I forgot. <laughs> I think it's Sarah, but I'm Sarah. not sure. It is Sarah. It is Sarah. Oh, cool. Good. So Sarah is a new kid from California having a little trouble fitting in. And so California. she's like, ah, fuck it. I'll hang out with the goths at Catholic school. What else are you going to do? Um, <laughs> they take her to um, a store that must have been rare at the time. But now there's at least three in my hometown that I know of. Probably at least six or seven that I don't know of. Um <laughs> Witch Supply Depot. <laughs> it's uh, they go they go buy a bunch of witchy shit, um, and they start doing spells, um, and they're surprisingly working. They're able to make a friend levitate. They're able to change the color of their hair. Um, they are not able to make an ass smaller that we know of, although it was requested. Um, and it's all going so well that they forget to heed the warning that whatever you give out will come back to you threefold. Um, mm. So basically, Firuza Balk starts losing her shit for no real reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, very, a very toothy performance from our gal. Yeah, she's fantastic in this movie. I like her, um, yeah. <laughs> I like her a lot. My first note is just she's so underrated. I, I really love her. Um, but uh, 
She, like, fuses with an ancient god that was before the era of men and kills a bunch of sharks for some reason. Uh, and um, mm -hmm. basically, they're, they're using magic to hurt people. And our beloved protagonist, Sarah, is like, I didn't sign up for this, guys. This is dangerous. We shouldn't be doing this. And they're like, well, now we have to kill you. Um, <laughs> <and> so <laughs> they, they begin to terrorize poor Sarah um, and then finally, uh, the god that Firuza Balk fused with is like, uh, fuck you, bitch. I never said that you could do all this shit. Um, and then Sarah binds her from doing harm to herself and to others. Uh, Firuza Balk gets locked in a 1950s mental institution that was apparently still functional in the 90s, uh, post <laughs> nice. Reagan. Good call. And the other two girls lose their power. Neve Campbell from Scream, she doesn't even have any powers. Um, and then Sarah still has some powers, and she rides off into the sunset knowing that she is the Queen Witch. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. Pretty fun movie. Um, That's right. Greg, what's your relationship with the craft? I feel like I knew it about its existence, but I hadn't ever actually watched it until uh, just this past week. So uh, when you picked it, I was thinking it was going to be like I, I I recognize the name, but I didn't know anything about it. I was like, oh, that must be like a really good one because you were really like excited about it. Yeah. And then I kind of looked it up a little bit. Critiker expected me to give it a pretty low score, so I was like, oh no, this is going to be like a '90s teen. I thought it was going to be pretty shitty. Yeah. And then I watched it, and it was a lot of fun actually. I thought it was pretty good. So Hell yeah, very much exceeded expectations nice man yeah this was on my uh this was on my list a couple years ago um it, it's enough vanessa really likes witchy stuff and i think witchy stuff is pretty neat so we try to put at least one witch movie on our list every year and honestly a lot of them have uh, i don't want to say they've disappointed but i wouldn't want to watch them again you know like so yeah. i was kind of running through stuff like this i was like mm, hocus pocus we've already decided not to do that um Witches of Eastwick, a little bit long, a little bit long, a uh, long walk for a short drink of water. The Love Witch was interesting, but I thought it was interesting, um, but <laughs> I didn't really want to see it again. So I just kind of landed on the craft. I wasn't even like insanely excited about doing it, but when I thought of witch movies, I was like, this is one that I kind of like. So this was my second watch, and... Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I think it's solidified as like a, a solid witch movie in my head now. You know, it wasn't just a wasn't just a novelty. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I thought it was just going to be like '90s teen schlock, but it, it yeah. is better than that. I would say it's definitely a time capsule. Like, I really like the intro sequence a lot. Like, the mm -hmm. music that they pick in this movie is awesome. It's yes, it's so of it's so of its time without being like obnoxious about it yeah i don't know it's it's hard to explain like of course like they didn't know any better it's the time that they were in when they made it yeah. but yeah there's it it doesn't go overboard i think it's awesome uh music selection in this movie well yeah because it's like uh it's a reflection of the music that was cool when this movie was made but it's not like mm -hmm. It's not like American Pie where you felt like the movie existed to sell the soundtrack. You know, that they just, like, had to cram as many popular songs of the era into it as they could. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it was kind of like... It kind of felt more like, 
oh, I actually have this interesting song. On, well, iPods weren't around. On my Walkman in my CD rotation <laughs> that I... In my CD you know. <laughs> tower of a hundred different physical media objects. There you go. That's that's what it felt like. Here's some deeper cuts on some albums you've probably never heard of. <laughs> but they're actually good, so don't oh, worry. Mixtape. That's um, what people did. Mixtapes. Mixtapes, yeah. This was a good mixtape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> complete with but then we got you know the 90s haircuts and outfits and shit yeah it, it reminded me a lot of scream watching that for the first time not just because Ned <laughs> campbell like, is in there <laughs> i couldn't put my finger on it but something about this movie reminded me of scream <laughs> <laughs> i could put my finger on it it's yeah. her accent she's <laughs> egregiously canadian in this movie and she's you know i'm sorry to say it but <laughs> yeah she lets her boats slip through pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, no, this not is, hating. This one stands out to me because, like, um, I feel like a lot of the witch genre of movies that are that are fun, not the ones that are scary, but the fun ones, um, they really appeal to like women who grew up watching them at sleepovers. You know, like when we did our Chicks Rock episode, I was just like. I'm never going to see what, what Abby sees in Stick It because I mm -hmm. watched it for the first time as a 32-year-old man. You know, like, I'm just never yeah. going to get it like she gets it on that level. And that's how I feel when, like, Vanessa will show me a lot of stuff. Like, it's how I feel when I watch Hocus Pocus. Um, Practical Magic makes me feel like I have some new content for my suicide note. Um, and for mm -hmm. that reason, I'm not allowed to be in the house while I watch it. I'm not killing myself. Sorry if that was insensitive to anyone. Um, I talk about suicide uh, literally every day of my life, so I joke about it sometimes. Sorry, I'm desensitized. Um, but, um, yeah, it. Uh, but I feel, I feel like when I'm watching them, I'm just like, this was just not made for me. It's not that it's bad. I think it's bad, but really I can't make a case that it's bad. It's just not my type of thing. It wasn't made with me as an audience member in mind. It was made for other people. And that's fine, but I don't enjoy that. Right? You know, like but it's it's mm -hmm. fine that movies exist that aren't considering what I would like to watch <laughs> because I watch weird shit, but um, yeah. I, I don't feel that way about the craft. I feel like even though it's like a pretty much, you know, almost all female cast, um uh, I, I never feel excluded by it. I never feel like it's, like, four girls. You know, like, I, it's a very accessible movie. This is, like, the perfect movie for... You know, both of us are married to women of, like, that would be into this movie. Yeah. This is the perfect movie that we, you know, walk out of a different room. We're just on the way to the kitchen to get a snack, and then we just sit on the arm of the couch for a half a second, like, what's this movie? And then yeah. before you know it, we're, like, fully invested... <laughs> Yep. Sitting all the way. Yeah, that's a perfect description yeah that's that's this movie in a nutshell so it's yeah it is made with a specific sort of audience in mind but it's just you know fun enough for basically anybody to enjoy anyways i think that's the thing it's really fun it's a really fun movie and a really good time and uh i think that's what gives it its cult classic status it's uh it's not like a great stop the world and see this fantastic movie right now type of thing. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. the movie we're going to cover next. But um, 
but it is very fun and it's very charming and there's never a moment where you just kind of like roll your eyes or whatever you know like it's 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 uh it's easy to enjoy easy to enjoy all the way through and it's got just enough edge to it without too much and again what if i a bulk performance man like that woman like she's a star but she should be a megastar for how good she is i've loved her in everything i've seen her in yeah she should definitely be more of like a cult 90s the way we think of i don't want to say like jennifer aniston who am i there's got to be a different example like cameron diaz yeah 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 just like a 90s icon she definitely stands out in this movie she's Um, the shit man she's the shit uh, we love her yeah i think um i guess we can get into you know we've we've been doing some praise and we can kind of get into some of the stuff we maybe not find not to be the best about this movie um so the first half of this movie is extremely fun it is basically i i really like what this movie does where it's just like oh yeah they're witches uh they can do spells and it works and we don't need to be like oh my god it worked like Mm -hmm. too terribly long just understand that they're witches you guys get it off we go and it's Mm -hmm. more fun we're just doing like discovering powers doing our fun little curses this and that it's you know just straight up enjoyable and then like right around the halfway point i feel like this movie really gets way too intense for how fun it started out (laughs) It, it seems like a little bit of mismatched tone you know, you talked about the um, three of the like the three original witch friends. Mm-hmm. They start realizing their powers and start abusing it um, for for bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they all have heard the warning of like whatever you do will come back on you threefold. They all heard that. They're all starting to see like the effects of that. But Sarah's the only one learning the lesson and saying, like, maybe we should slow down a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. like, Rochelle, um, mm. she, like, some girl is being super racist towards her. It was really bad. Yeah. And <laughs> we wish for her hair to fall out or whatever, and then it starts happening. And... First of all, it's funny that the movie is trying to make me feel bad for the racist getting turned into a literal skinhead, but, uh... (laughs) I did not make that connection. Yeah, and then, like, Rochelle's looking at at her, like, she's, like, crying in the shower with her hair falling out. She starts feeling... She has this look on her face of empathy, like, oh, no, what have we done? Have we taken this too far? Nah. And then she just, like, (laughs) keeps on keeping on using powers for evil yeah i think this movie was and i don't say this in a derogatory way i say it just in a like knowing what it is way i think it was shallow enough that for me it was okay that the three bad characters were just kind of archetypes you know like the movie never really tried to have more depth than that and so i'm kind of fine with them just being the like the people who didn't heed the warning you know like and uh Mm -hmm. who got drunk with power and were the subjects of our cautionary tale um i i could see it being abrupt especially when you consider like the first time they do that like sisterhood spell and it's very like you know soft acoustic guitar strumming while they're like talking about how beautiful their love is in their coven and uh 
honestly i would say that scene is the one that doesn't fit with the rest of it more than the other way around that one was a little too saccharine for me um i could maybe if they scored it differently because they showed their bond i don't know man i don't know um i i felt that the script could have been tightened up a little bit especially in the big finale which was going really well but then I felt like it went on so long that the tension broke. Did you have a similar experience? I think so. Yeah, I, I think I felt the same way. It just seemed like the final fight between Nancy and Sarah was just yeah. like going all kinds of different ways. And then the resolution to it felt a little soft. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, we just kind of hit it. We kind of hit her again. And that was that's the one that did it. Yeah, it was it was really weird. Uh, maybe a little um, lack, maybe not lackluster, but just like didn't really feel anticlimactic. Yeah, it didn't really feel like a finale of what we had kind of been doing for the last twenty minutes or so in yeah. that finale. Tricking yeah. Sarah into thinking her parents had died in a plane crash was exactly what I was talking about. Where it maybe got a little too intense for how fun the movie was. I think, yeah, and Spoilers. also like. Yeah. the scope of that seemed to go pretty far outside the scope of the rest of the movie. You know, like it, I feel mm -hmm. like it made the character's world a little bit bigger. And the only reason that this movie works is because it's all happening in a very small world, right? Like there's magic that isn't freaking people out and it's cause no one really knows about it, you know? And it's, yeah. You start mysteriously crashing planes, you know, <laughs> like, and it's mm -hmm. like, you've kind of drawn some attention to yourself. Yeah, but then that didn't really happen, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was but, really but we weird. thought it did in the story for, for a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of... <laughs> Maybe there really were witches in Halloween 3 because there were a lot of snakes and bugs in this movie, too. <laughs> That's Boy. the sign of witchcraft is snakes and bugs coming out of things. Dude, the fact that they used so many real snakes and bugs really moved this movie up a couple points for me. Like the, the choice yeah. to use real ones instead of practical effects or CGI really showed me that they were willing to go the extra mile. And on that note, I think creepy mysterious guy who keeps trying to give the protagonist a snake should be a trope we see more often and i don't think it needs an explanation i think more movies should just have a guy that wants to give the protagonist a snake for no reason that was awesome i i forgot about him <laughs> he ruled man i the only thing i didn't like in that scene was one of the like sound effects they use for like a bunch of snakes slithering around was like a slimy almost like spaghetti kind of wet sound snakes aren't slimy folks they're pretty quiet yeah they just kind of maybe shuffle around a little bit that's about it they don't they, they don't slip and slide they're not noodles despite <laughs> what we call them <laughs> that's such a minor gripe i don't even it did not factor into the score whatsoever don't worry uh. <laughs> Yeah. It stuck out for me. You, that's that's your like ASMR resistance, I think, kicking in because I didn't notice mm. it at all. I think you're a little more sensitive to sounds like that than me, which is totally chill. I'm more, I guess, I'm more sensitive to sounds in general. Like that's why one of my big turnoffs in a movie or like immersion breakers is like 
bad ADR. If a sound doesn't fit or doesn't sound right, it's just like something hits my brain that's like, this is a movie. You're watching a movie. Mm. Don't don't buy in. This is just a film. I, and I'm uh... thinking of the process of how that sound got there, visualizing the actor in the recording booth <laughs> after they realize they didn't get it quite right in the scene, that kind of thing. I almost never notice it unless it's like uh, two characters are talking, then they get in the car, and then we have a wide shot on the car, and we just hear like voiceover that's supposed to be their conversation continuing. I, I like hate when they do that. Um, drives me mm-hmm. nuts. But other than that, I don't really notice. But I think I just I like I get so invested in like the story structure and the dialogue that I miss the I miss the forest through the trees sometimes, you know. Yeah, I thought terrible ADR would have really stuck out to you recently because you just watched It Chapter 2. So <laughs> More on that in a week or so on Patreon. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, I, need, I need to vent. I do need to vent. I, was I will give it. you the platform, my friend. I will give you, you the platform. Thank you. Fuck that movie. Uh... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not even nearly as good as The Craft. No, it's say. not. No, it's not nearly as good as the craft. Um, do you have anything else on the craft, Greg? Any notes that are just dying to come out? Negativo. I am all set if you're ready to get into some gimmicks. Sir. Yes, I'm ready for gimmicks. Greg, what is your spellbinding moment? My favorite spellbinding moment, I think it's when Sarah, like, it's her first day at a new high school, and she's, like, standing a pencil on her desk with, like, the the pointy end on the facing down on the desk. And, like, Nancy notices it, like, oh, no, she might be, like, a real witch. And, like, the pencil's, like, driving down into the desk a little bit because mm-hmm. she's just focusing so hard on it. That's when I was, you know, realizing something that I really liked about the movie that it's just, like, they're witches, they have powers here we go um but it also just made me realize i think i know where the joker got a little bit of inspiration <laughs> so want to see go. a witchcraft trick <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gone <laughs> um do i look like the kind of guy with a craft uh, <laughs> or whatever that line is all right, what's your favorite spellbinding moment there, Mr. Denny? Um, I'll give a runner-up because we pretty much already talked about my winner, which was just the uh, the snake and bug budget. Uh, seeing all of those together <laughs> was just a moment where I was like, this is a cool movie. I'm watching snake something real budget. fucking cool right now. Uh, but nice. I'll give a runner-up to uh, Sarah changing her hair color back and forth with like the flick of her hands. Um, it was actually really good editing, and I couldn't quite figure out how they pulled it off. Um, so that was like my... like. I was doing double takes, you know, I was like, holy shit, how'd you fucking do that? And then she changes it back and I was like, Whoa! like it was, it was pretty sweet, man. So I think they, they added a filter only around her hair in uh... post effects. So when it changed back to Brown, that's how it was filmed. But you see like, just like a little trace and a little shadow, like around her head, kind yeah. of following her head as she moves when she's showing up as a blonde. Yeah, it was really cool, man. That was really well done very uh like pepper's it. ghost-esque hmm denny what's your favorite line 
my favorite line uh it's an easy one i feel like it's the line everyone knows from the movie but it's uh we are the weirdos mister when that guy takes gives them a bus ride to the middle of a field and says watch out for the weirdos um yeah we are the weirdos mister is what i'm going with what about you denny i've got some news oh my god did it happen We've got the same one. Oh, Greg, this used to happen every week, and we haven't done it in so long. It happens so rarely anymore. I'm so glad when it does, man. Me too, brother. You Me girls too. watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, mister. Ugh. Get him, Firuza. Queen. Queen Nancy, shit right there. Nancy, you're an icon. Queen shit. Greg. Denny. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. I ask you what your Critiker score is here, bud. That's fine, bud. Um, <laughs> I'm not your bud, pal. Just kidding. I am your bud and your pal. Um, no need to get Canadian on me. That's Neve Campbell's job. <laughs> I gave it a nice, nice Neve Campbell is from Canada joke. Uh, nailed it. I've, um, I've made two already. I gave it a 38 out of 50. This is a, a very solid B+. Uh, it doesn't really have the substance to take it further than that, but that's a very positive viewing experience is, is what that score communicates what about you i gave this one a 25 out of 40 okay uh just like a couple little issues definitely not made for me but it didn't stop me from enjoying it i gave it a passing grade which is a 24 and then i was like yeah a touch more than that so i gave it a 25 cool cool i forget that 25 is passing for you um yeah Again, you hear that too, and you're like, oh no, 50%. Not quite. Yeah. Not It's quite. the second number that matters. <laughs> Dost thou love prayer? Dost thou love the Bible? Dost thou love seamless edits? <laughs> it's one voice I wish I could do, man. Oh, you can't Ralph do... In Ralph Innocent's voice oh. is so terrific oh, it's a special and voice it's a, it's just this depth and this texture that you just can't impersonate you got to be born with it <laughs> he was blessed with it man absolutely um yeah ralph innocent of course playing the father in our next movie the witch welcome back everybody the witch the witch 2015's robert eggers film that you can watch um basically on every free movie service like tubi and whatnot but i watched <laughs> this one on blu-ray Ooh. all right everybody so this is greg hello while i was editing this um and actually the, the, the second we got done recording i realized that the witch is also on hbo max so look for it there um 90 certain that the warner company waited until we were actively recording before putting it on their platform so check out the witch the vavitch on hbo max there it's great have a good time all right uh editing greg bring back the show uh it was like yeah just a few bucks on amazon or whatever it was ah oh, man terrific so denny purchase. it was definitely a worthy purchase and about a couple other things too uh more on that in a couple weeks here but denny what is your relationship with the vavitch um, I saw this for the first time as a horror head in my late 20s who was very desensitized to the genre. Um, and then that night, I laid awake in my bed terrified that I would just hear Black Phillip's voice come out of the darkness and kept trying to talk myself down and couldn't do it because it scared the fuck out of me. And I kept laying there being like, Denny, 
this movie has existed for a long time. Nothing happened because you saw it today. You know, like you're not in any <laughs> danger right now. I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally not going to hear Satan's voice out of the darkness. But then I'd lay there for a second. I'd be like, but how scary would it be if I did? <laughs> you know? um, and uh, I've got a friend, Sean Hagen, who for a while, every time there was like a lull in a conversation, he'd just be like, so you guys want to watch The Witch? And every once in a while, people would be like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> so um, our, our friend group was very into this movie for a while. And I've seen it uh, probably four or five times. And I really, really, really love it. What about you, Greg? What's your relationship with it? Hell yeah. Very nice. Um, I think this was... I can't remember what movie... I, I think it might have been Green Room. Where, like, I started really recognizing A24 as, like, a brand of, like... Um, really like intense movies or horror yeah. movies that's kind of where they got like their foundation for like um you know just kind of what they're known for at the time so i knew about this movie since around when it came out and then every time it was like maybe i should put on the witch i got I just turned into a little chicken and never actually watched it because I'm a little baby and a little coward and I thought I was going to be too scared. So I never saw it until just the other day when I had to because I picked it for this podcast. Daytime or nighttime? What'd you end up doing? We we watched it at night. Brave. Brave. Very brave. I'm brave. I am bold. Yeah. <laughs> it still scared I... me, so... I'm completely distracted because I'm wondering if you and Leah are going to top your midsummer costume and uh, come as Black Philip and Thomas into my Halloween party. Yeah, but then you'll never see me. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, maybe we'll dress up as um, Jimmy Jr. and Tina Belcher. Oh, hell yeah, I forgot. Um, are, are, do you want to give us a synopsis? Yeah, sure. Uh, this was my pick. So the Vivitch is a kind of a collection of American folklore and tales that are just kind of cobbled together into one singular narrative about a family in the 1630s. They are banished from their settlement in um, recently immigrated to colonized America. They've left, I assume based on their accents, Northern England to come to America for new opportunity. They kind of speak out against the religious leaders in their in their group there and get kicked out and have to create their own home and farm uh, miles away next to the woods. They feel blessed. They feel happy. They have each other. And then uh, young baby Samuel is snatched from under the eyes of one Thomason, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. This is the first movie I've this is the first movie where I knew about her. Um, this might be her like first big movie or whatever. This is where I first Probably discovered was. her, um, even though I never saw it. But yeah, uh, they're confused. Maybe a wolf took her. Something's off about these woods. The black goat that the family owns is starting to just come across a little creepy. The twins are cre are just chanting son needs to be the man of the house we're going into the woods to look for our baby and then uh, crops are cursed things are rotten it just seems like at every turn something in nature is going against them and 
one by one, each member of the family succumbs in some way to the presence of a witch in the woods. And it's horrifying. You don't really see everything. You see just enough to know to be scared. Holy shit. Yeah. And if you've seen, you know, any horror anthology or the other, even the other Robert Eggers movies, man, like, the good guys don't win in the end. It's just a long, or even like in Hereditary or Midsommar, this is just a story of... (laughs) You're thinking Ari Aster. Yeah, Ari Aster, yeah. I'm kind of... Robert Eggers no, oh, I know. Oh, oh, oh. I'm saying like other A24 horror films. It does a similar thing where like we're just watching a family succumb to the evil that they don't understand. Yeah. So similar lines between the two, even though different people made it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the Vavitch. Yeah, I would give this Yay. the horror equivalent of the Whiplash warning. Don't let us spoil this movie for you. If you haven't seen it, turn off the podcast now and watch it. Um, Greg, how how scared were you? I shared how scared I was on my first watch. I don't... I didn't really find myself, like, scared, scared. Just, like, unable to watch the screen. Mm -hmm. Or, like, wanting to cover my eyes or anything like that. It was, like... I don't think I blinked for about 90 minutes at a certain point. It's just, like... (laughs) it's, It's the kind of unsettling that can only be accomplished if they achieve full complete immersion which they do this movie is extremely immersive and you're just completely sucked into it and (laughs) it just doesn't let go it's not like outright scaring you it's just making you feel so uneasy and even to the bitter end yeah you were shown not everything but exactly enough to feel like what you're watching is just you shouldn't be watching it yeah you feel like you are diving deeper into like a cursed tomb and if the further you go the more haunted you become by continuing to watch that's the kind of feel that this gives yeah um the immersion factor man like right down to the period accurate language um the first time i watched this i watched it without subtitles and uh Mm. uh, man the amount i was able to comprehend increased drastically when i started watching it with subs um yeah i can't recommend that enough um they're using old old english uh you need subtitles on to really get all of the really cool subtleties that they're giving you in this movie all the all the little sneaky dialogue bits they give you um man there's a lot of foreshadowing there's a lot of cool stuff um this is a movie i know we're covering a really good movie when i don't take any notes you know like when i don't want to be distracted by writing anything down and this is one of those for me part of that immersion yeah like i was saying i i didn't take any notes on this like i realized because i watched it yesterday and then i realized today I don't have any notes on this one. I don't have a favorite line. I don't have a favorite spellbinding moment. Like I don't I took zero notes. I just have a score and like that's it. Yeah. You'll have to call it in the ring, brother. <laughs> that's right. So I, I jotted down some quick things. Like what I remembered I liked about it. Um so we had, you know, <laughs> something to talk about. Yeah. Well what did but you yes. jot? 
man subtitles mandatory yes. i will say yes. um i i knew it was done in like an old english um style of writing a lot of dost thou's and thighs and these yeah and willst thou twas a wolf what have you took sam twas yeah twas a lot of twas's <laughs> yeah oh man uh, I, I guess one of the notes I took is something we when we talked about the Northmen, I mentioned how much I loved the editing in that movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of that yeah a lot of praise carries over here where I felt like in the Northmen, the film was shot probably just storyboarded to death. It was probably it was shot with editing in mind, like they knew what kind of cuts they were going to make as they were shooting it yeah and this felt the same way i feel like the northman kind of evolved on that just a little bit but this movie is still like i was saying they show exactly what they want to show you and they show you things for exactly as long as you need to see them like like i said baby samuel gets taken and then we put a we a knife kind of enters the frame yeah and hangs there for the exact correct amount of milliseconds for you to understand what's going on mm-hmm. process it be horrified by it but not have enough time to like you know watch a baby get killed of course like yeah. it's it, things just stay on the screen exactly long enough for you to feel what they want you to feel and then they go away to the next thing yeah <clears throat> you know just from watching his three feature films I get the vibe that Robert Eggers is very meticulous. I don't think he's out there feeling his way through any of this. I think he has the minutia of every movie just planned out to a T. Because I can't imagine how he would have made The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman without having that kind of specific vision and knowing exactly how he plans to accomplish it. You know, like I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that that any of that was coincidental or, or just oh that works huh who knew right like i feel like they knew exactly what they wanted from every single frame of this movie yeah no kidding and i don't know that doesn't just go towards uh editing or like i was talking about like the way the movie is shot like the color grading this movie feels cold you gotta assume it's like somewhere up northeast yeah Co- coastal u.s somewhere up northeast they're getting ready for winter, and it looks and sounds like it's fall time. You can see the cold in their breath. It has kind of this blue tint to it. It just it feels cold like mm-hmm. it should. Um, yeah, I just, like I was saying, every, every feeling was accomplished correctly here. So yeah. what say you? No, I'd agree with you, man. Like, you really feel like you are exiled in uncivilized untamed land and overwhelmed by it you know like the whole time i'm thinking like what the fuck would i do in this situation if i ran out of food oh i know what i would do die uh (laughs) (laughs) like that's exactly what would happen to me so um and you know like they're clearly not really cut out for it either like they comment on like the dad can't grow crops he can't hunt they're not there because they decided to do this they're there because they got exiled from their church for a theological disagreeance that is never revealed um that's something else i love about the movie because like the whole time it seems like it's kind of punching down at religion you know where it's like you're just like these quaker ass pilgrims are gonna fucking die 
they're all worried about sin and the Bible and they won't go back to civilization because they disagree about some fucking verse in Corinthians, I'm sure. Um, and then they all sin and they all get punished for it and they were right all along about their religious hang-ups is what the reveal of the movie is you know like that they had a 100 percent accurate understanding of the world this movie is set in like they and they fucked it up <laughs> they really fucking blew it with their sin um we don't make oh, much, many movies like that anymore we're a pretty disillusioned and secular culture so that really stood out as something unique to me that's a great take on it i i i guess i look look at it more from like a practical standpoint of like what's going on with everybody because mm -hmm. you know i look at the family as this thing moves along and you're just like well it seems like they're not getting much right but they have each other mm -hmm. and there's a lot of them and then people start going one by one and you're just like yep. oh they're oh no nobody's gonna make it out of mm -hmm. this this isn't fine yeah like uh nothing's fine about it and i i feel like the dad is i don't know he's he's doing the best he can with what he's got and while he may not be the most competent farmer or whatever maybe they're they picked some really shitty land to try to establish a new life on he bought a goat that's literally satan you know classic new to who hasn't <laughs> whomst amongst us hasn't bought a satan goat um <laughs> but yeah i don't I, I don't have any more notes man like i, I want to keep gushing about this movie yeah. but um i don't really have a starting point i'll keep gushing um do tone. it from the opening tone. scene of the movie they establish it's more of like the feel that you're talking about from like the visuals we get but i think the very subtle scoring and the like even just the way that the characters speak um the color correction of the movie from the first moment of the movie we get a vibe that we're going to stick with for the remainder of the movie um mm -hmm. it's all just very very somber very sobering um and very grim the whole way throughout yeah i mean this is a movie where little kids are getting turned into witch butter you know like they they mm -hmm. uh <laughs> children are being churned Good in word. this movie yeah. damn it <laughs> uh, children in the farm keep on churning yeah all right so yeah i i like what you're saying about the tone and it all feeling the same like everyone has this look on their face like no matter if they're supposed to be happy or sad or whatever, it just everyone has this emotion and that in the back of their mind, they're like, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to eat in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like everyone's just got that face on, like they're worried about the immediate future. Yeah. And that that's kind of the thing. Like every, all the characters are focused on like, are we going to have enough for winter? And it seems like, at the same time they're also like are we gonna with all this shit going on that we're not really sure what it is like are we gonna last a, the week <laughs> like yeah. how do we focus on both of these issues like i guess we can focus on the one we can understand which mm -hmm. is food for the winter but that's it <laughs> maybe they were too focused on that I don't know. I think they got too focused on the silver cup and the apples, personally. That really hmm. took a lot of energy that could have better 
better been spent, I think. Um, On the milk blood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For example. So let's just jump to the ending because I feel like that's the biggest talking point. Um, I, I want to know on a first watch, how did the reveal that the black the black goat is fucking Satan and he really is talking to the twins and there really are witches in the woods. Um, and not Thomas, just a witch. Yeah. Witches. Boy are there. And, uh, Thomason is going to sign her soul in the devil's book and go, uh, levitate with her witch friends. Well, how, how did that reveal catch you? Did you see it coming? What was your response? <sighs> My response was, like I said, I don't think I blinked for about 90 minutes. And yeah. during the last 15, my my eyes were open very wide like I was yeah. in Clockwork Orange. Like, yes. I just could not look away. Yes. I was just staring at the screen. It's just, it's the kind of horror that, like, you don't want to turn away from? I don't know. That's yeah. when the immersion really, like... <laughs> pays off you feel like you're in the shed with her man you feel like you're in the Mm -hmm. fucking shed and like that's honestly that's for a movie that scared me so badly that's the only part of the movie that scared me um because i first of all just did not see it coming you know because i'm looking at it with these like secular eyes you know like so i don't think Mm -hmm. that's where we're gonna go with this um i think it's gonna be another tale about how like people killed innocent women because they just everything they couldn't explain they blamed on witchcraft you know like that's that's where i think we're going with this shit um oh man and then i just feel like it's happening to me like i feel like i'm in the room with black philip man um heebie-jeebies man i still feel a little uneasy talking about it just how truly horrifying without any use of gore that final scene is man and you don't even see black philip like it's it the whole scene is on thomason's face anya taylor's joy's face is just like she's reciting things seems to be being spoken through instead of speaking for herself and (laughs) just you're in this dark firelit room after all of her family has been killed and gruesome ways and just we just leave this horrible cold feeling of just like being abandoned because of you know death what does she have and what does she turn to and we're just uh yeah we're we're, oh man go ahead the absolute master class you want to talk about editing right Mm mm-hmm we don't know do. much we don't know much about black philip right we just know that the, the the twins like him a lot fucking mercy and jonas those little fuckers those little child witches um so we're on thomason's face and she just nuts up and says black philip i conjure thee to speak to me as thou dost to jonas and mercy and they make us wait and they just hold on thomason and then out of the darkness we hear what dost thou want? And I was just like, <laughs> like it's like it's like my favorite moment in any horror movie ever. I think like my favorite one moment. I, I don't know, man. Watching it for the first time, 
there was no part of me that expected Black Phillip to start talking to her. Um, mm. And the way that they revealed that without showing him and just making us hear the voice after waiting in silence for a little bit, it gave me such a like, whoa! Whoa, 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 reaction, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Oh, so, because like, that's the use of title to manipulate audience expectations. That's what I love. The movie's called The Witch. Um, We know that there's this one witch in the woods, and we, this whole movie, because of the title, we expect that it is just her fucking with the family, right? And that completely obfuciates, is that the word I'm looking for? Obfuciates, is that a word? Is that a fucking word? Is that a word? I have no idea. I'm gonna look it up. I'm, I'm smart. Obfuscate. Obfuscates. Obfuscate. Render obscure or unclear or unintelligible. It obfuscates. In, inline skates. <laughs> inline right. skates. Um, the reveal, like, the, the fucking devil lives in their yard. And that's what's really fucking with them. And he's whispering in their children's ears and turning them against the family. Um, you know, this would have just been like a completely different movie if it was called Black Phillip instead of The Witch. Um, yeah. Well, and then you find out the titular witch, I would say, is Thomason. Would you agree with me? I think so. I think yeah, so, too. Because we go into the woods and there's a whole coven around a fire. Yeah. And she just walks in like she's one of them. Yeah. And you're like, holy fucking shit. But it was so And then she starts levitating. The music gets louder than it's been at any point in the movie. But to call it the witch, and then throughout the movie show us a singular witch that seems to be the antagonist of the film. Mm -hmm. And then reveal the actual antagonist in the final five minutes of the movie. And have it completely make sense. That was filmmaking brilliance man just absolute fucking brilliance i agree with everything you just said like uh, that's where that immersion comes in you don't sit there and go hey wait a minute who's that hey wait a minute what are all these witches doing here i thought it was just one witch no you're you're so bought in that you're just like it feels like a true reveal of what's really going on and you're you're more mesmerized and want to know more and they're you know they're giving you the information and it's all happening so fast that that slow burn just feels like total payoff yes a hundred percent man a slow fucking burn that absolutely delivers that's all i want out of my horror movies sometimes man i i think at that at that point is when i said i maybe even before then i was like i think this is the best horror movie i've ever seen (laughs) i i it's close for me. We'll get into that in scoring, but yeah, uh, it's it's real close. I mean, like one maybe of the, Alien. I don't know. One of the, that's like a totally different horror genre, though. You know, like there's there's no yeah exactly between this and Alien. Isn't but... it cool how much we can explore? We can be in the future on the Nostromos, and then we can be in the 1630s yes. in like East Coast U.S. <laughs> and fuck, man, just give me something scary. Dude. scare me I don't want to get in a rant on horror movies and stuff just like showing too much or whatever it's just like show me just enough Alien is yeah. perfect Jaws is perfect of like show me just enough to be to know that I should be scared of it and this yes. movie is like 
upper echelon example of you showed me just enough to be scared by it if you show me more you know maybe i don't laugh at it but i'm a little bit you're trying to show the incomprehensible it's hard to capture that on film it's best left to my leave the right things to my imagination and i'll be more scared than if you show me absolutely everything and try to scare me with like scary visuals because you have to create scary visuals some way and a lot of times that looks pretty fake in movies so let me fill in the blanks up here in my head and i'll be i'll come away a lot more unsettled than i will when um i look at uh jack-o'-lantern masks that are originated from stonehenge or whatever the fuck was going on in halloween (laughs) three case in point silence of the lambs versus hannibal yes exactly where in silence of the lambs we're just hearing buffalo bill and hannibal describe what they do and it's fucking chilling but then in hannibal we're like literally seeing him eat a guy's face (laughs) you know like and it's like meh whatever <laughs> doing like jason Bourne, like dodging the cops and shit it's yeah fucking boring yeah but it's it's a hard line to walk right like to show me enough that i don't feel ripped off but not so much that i'm not scared of it anymore that's a hard yeah. line to walk and if you show me so little i'm like so what happened <laughs> you gotta reveal it motherfucker you fucking betrayed me right it can't be so ambiguous that I don't even know what I just watched. Fuck ambiguity. Write your fucking movie. Don't make me do your job for you. <laughs> That's right. Man, we're going to get into a lot of spooky season goodness. We're already there. We're, we're, like, we're, 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 like we're halfway through right now. Yeah, neck isn't deep that crazy? And it's we're just... like halfway through spooky season. I'm like making Recording demands of what... this on October what... 2nd. How, what the fuck? We should have a whole month of spooky season left oh my god <laughs> not yet <laughs> nah he's right folks man it's just like here i am demanding what i should see in every horror movie but then i love stuff like friday the 13th movies were just like show me the blood show me the kills <laughs> show me the screams well, there's think, a lot to love here i think there's elevated horror and then there's schlock horror and i i love them both you know <laughs> like i i got mm-hmm. I, but like the witch is better than friday the 13th part five okay guys like i'm sorry i love friday the 13th part five as much as the next guy but the witch is better yeah kath catherine wasn't singing doth ratatatatatui wherefore art thou dost thou be an asshole ratatatatatui and then jason Voorheesen comes along with a uh sickle and yeah i i hear in the witch too there's an imposter black philip who just had a really good prosthetic build and pretended to be an evil goat the whole time copycat crimes man copycat crimes they were it was that other kid's dad in a goat costume (laughs) 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 truly horrible stuff (laughs) is it uh is it gimmick clock greg i think it's i think it's got to be yeah Yeah. i believe it is i think it doesn't have to be but i think it is Greg, what is your spellbinding moment? Man, we already covered it. Just Black Philip starts speaking. Mm. Holy shit. Ooh. And you just, she's like 
looking forward and you, I can't remember if it shows like hands on her shoulder like kind of clearing her hair and like taking off her clothes and everything and we can just faintly see his his face in the background right over her shoulder oh I, don't, I think I might have missed that I guess you, I gotta watch this again you get a glimpse of his face yeah oh my god it's just like I was more focused on like you can kind of make out like black fingers on her shoulders and everything mm -hmm. kind of guiding her through swearing her soul to the devil or whatever yeah. holy fucking shit but yeah as soon as he starts talking i'm like oh my god yeah that was the most spellbinding moment despite a you know the previous 60 minutes or so also being spellbinding moments so yeah absolutely um we didn't pick the same one but i'm just a couple of frames behind you um shortly after he starts speaking He's walking towards her, and you see one step is a goat hoof, and then the next step is a boot. Um, and it's just so seamless that I don't know how they did it. Um, it's just perfectly smooth. It's like, even his shadow's good at filmmaking, you know? <laughs> like, it's so... <laughs> I don't know how they pulled it off. It's perfect. They did it perfectly, and I'm just like... Every time I watch it, I'm like, ooh, here comes the boot step. You know, <laughs> like, I'm always <laughs> looking forward to it. It's so good, man. It's so damn good. <sighs> I might watch this again within the next few weeks. I um, could see myself doing that, brother. <sighs> Denny, what's your favorite line from the Vivitch? Uh, my favorite line is pretty much your spellbinding moment, which is, what dost thou want? Oh, I got chills just repeating it well luckily mine is from the same scene it's uh the end of that conversation though that's the moment you're like yep it's over no going back she's fully in she is now the bitch yeah. i cannot write my name i will guide thy hand oh ah. so fucking good holy shit <gasps> i yeah like i said i forgot to take notes so i had to like really i had to look up favorite lines but and i know there's got to be more but yeah again that old english is kind of hard to remember some of the, <laughs> some of dude, the lines for all the great lines in the movie none of them are as good as like the four sentences that black phillip says <laughs> like they're so <laughs> fucking good they're so awesome Oh, I just want to go back and watch that scene again now, That's... but I feel like you have to earn it by watching the rest of the movie. You can't just yeah. show up to that scene. It's like a guitar solo in a nine-minute long song. You can't just, like, <laughs> go to minutes. You can't go to 722, start the guitar yeah. solo. You gotta, like, get invested, build the emotion, yeah. and then really, like, hit that climax. And it's crazy that the climax of this, like, all-timer horror movie is just, like, a conversation where we see one person. It's a woman talking to And it's four... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eight, eight total sentences between <laughs> a girl that we only look at and then a goat somewhere in the shrouded background. It is better to leave the audience wanting more than to leave them wishing there was less. You know? <laughs> like, the... They they gave me just a taste, just a taste, man, and I'll always want more. That's so good. It's very tasty. Uh, Denny, what was your Critiker score for the Vivitch? I gave it a 49 out of 50. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I don't really have a solid reason why it's not a 50 out of 50, to be honest, other than a feeling. You know, like, I think you and I have talked about this when it comes to a perfect score. If there's any doubt, then it's not a perfect score. Um, right. And I don't know why, but I just can't put it where I put The Shining. Um, and maybe it's just because someone has to be mm. the best. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Something was telling me just to hold it back one point, uh, maybe just to protect the sanctity of, of the 50. But a 49 out of 50 is a damn good fucking score for me. Exactly. That's that's not a knock on it by any means. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you heard how much we loved it, why we loved it, all that. Um, I gave this one a 36 out of 40, mm-hmm. which was which is extremely high. I think that's the same score hold on i can tell you it's the same score i believe i gave sound of metal oh and a a skosh below green room um there were a couple of shots in this movie that were out of focus oh and uh, there was i think it might have been it was at least three maybe four or five but there were some shots where like someone's you know starts out six feet away they end up four feet away and they're not in focus until they're four feet away and it's not like an artistic choice it's just like they're just uh, it's not enough to where it's like making a point where they're like walking in and coming into focus into the scene themselves which could be like another visual communicator but just they're just enough out of focus where i think it wasn't on purpose and it happens a few times but so it's it's his first movie it's it's this good and everything else was so meticulously well done that like you know that that would be like a really bad mistake for a much worse movie and this is just like kind of a footnote of minor negativity on a fantastic film so could have fooled me i didn't notice so whatever (laughs) it didn't it's the movie's so good that that did not break my immersion in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, 36 out of 40, that's equivalent to a 9 out of 10. I, I want to watch it a couple more times, and when I do, I think I'll bump up the score just a little bit. Um, I think you'll appreciate now- it even more on some rewatches. I really do, because there's so much there's so much foreshadowing in the dialogue that you don't catch until mm. you know what the ending is. Yeah, I'm, you mentioned that. I was like, oh, I definitely didn't pick up on it, obviously, because I hadn't seen it before. There, so I'm, a I'm, lot. It's really good. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, this will be another situation where, you know, I've seen it before now. I know what's going to happen. I don't have to be scared anymore. Yay. You hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm all good to go. I'll watch this five more times. I don't give a shit. Fuck yeah. Dude, I've, I've never gotten tired of this movie. And the movie, like, should be a beatdown for all the old English that's in it. And I'm always uh-huh. just like, sign me the fuck up. Let's throw this fucker on. You know, like, it's like the most accessible, easy watch <laughs> in the world. That's how good it is. Yeah, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen is, like, yeah, I could watch that again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that shouldn't be what happens, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. All right, Danny, I think we've been properly scared yes this week yes there's a lot of witch a lot of witch talk a lot of witches yes. brew but tell me what's 
cooking in the cauldron for next week. Wait, we gotta do the gimmick, brother. We always oh well. We say this every you're week. Right. Forget the gimmick. Oh, forget shit. the gimmick. Magical adventures one two three. Best friends forever. We do this every week, Greg. Every week we do it. Denny, what's the best movie for when it's the season of the witch? I've got to go with Greg's pick, The Witch, by a lot. Ah. Easiest, easiest choice I've had in a long time. It's unanimous. It's the Vivich and a landslide, a two to O landslide. So <laughs> we don't like to side uh, against the audience, but uh, you guys voted for Halloween three, so I don't know what to tell you. We can only <laughs> we can only work with so much. <laughs> I wonder how many people voted for it had actually seen it. So. I, I mean, I Sorry. told people to vote for it. So. <laughs> That's true. This is on you a little bit. I don't blame the audience at all. I hadn't seen kind it. I was fault. ignorant. I think we all learned a valuable lesson about taking people at their word without checking sources. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Take this home <laughs> with you, audience. All right, Denny. What's cooking in the witch's cauldron for next week? Well, Greg... This month was kind of brought to us by A24 because we've already done a couple movies that apply for next week's theme. We've done mm. Green Room. We've done The Witch. Next week is for movies for when A24 wants to scare the pants off of you. Um, uh, Greg has chosen X. Yes, Ty West's X. And I have chosen Hereditary. And the audience will choose the third. And I, for one hope they choose the lighthouse i really do oh yeah then we'll have covered all of robert eggers's movies yeah yeah we're we're not gonna put midsummer on the poll because we already are covering hereditary same director just a couple years apart i kind of feel like we need a little bit we're, more voices in the room we're gonna get some backlash for that well too bad hey guess what there's always next year nerds <laughs> I'm giving myself backlash because I'm like, we're doing an A24 horror episode and we're not even going to put Midsummer on it. That's not right. It's not right. We're already doing Hereditary. You got your Ari Aster fix right there. And hey, maybe we'll put it on the poll for movies for when it's Halloween part two, which is, you know, a couple uh, weeks after the fact. That's not a Halloween so it... night movie, though. Oh, that's not up to me to decide. Anyways. That doesn't. I'm a silly boy. That's right. It belongs on next year's spooky season. Yeah. We'll get to it eventually. We'll get to it eventually. We're here for the long haul, folks. Yeah, we are. Boy, are we. Boy, are we. All right, Denny. We've already um, put Eye of Newt and summoned Black Phillip to gut our dad on this farm. So, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Um... Show us a catchphrase, what rhymes with trouble. <laughs> I ran out of words. For Greg work, the by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked, this Greg comes Johnson. <laughs> That's right. But I'm, we don't talk about Shakespeare. I'm Denny the... A muck, a muck, a muck, Taylor. Yeah, that's a Hocus Pocus reference. Uh, and this has been Spookies for When. We already scared you when, but you know what we didn't scare you? What's my cage again? I'm a <laughs> See what I
Stay.